As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's here, the last of the SoapCon live panels. I hope you enjoyed the audio versions. If you want to see the videos, go to SoapConLive.com or the locker room on YouTube to view those. So enjoy Retro TV Presents The Doctors, live courtesy of SoapCon Live in the locker room with Anna Stewart, Nancy Stafford, Frank Telfer, and Marie Thomas Foster. Watch The Doctors is moving, and you're going to love the new location. Download It's Real Good TV to join your friends from Hope Memorial. Available online and all your devices. Already a Doctors subscriber? Then there's an email headed your way with a coupon code for free access, plus special bonuses for starting your new account on It's Real Good TV. Haven't gotten your email? Don't worry, you will soon. For details, visit itsrealgoodtv.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first ever SoapCon Live in the locker room. I'm Alan Locker. SoapCon Live is the first Comic-Con for soaps. Please go to SoapConLive.com for the full schedule of events and learn how you can purchase virtual meet and greets, autographs, and video messages with your favorite daytime stars. The cast here today will be featured for those opportunities down the road, down the road for the doctors, and we will make sure to notify you when they are scheduled. Don't forget to stay tuned for the next panels and don't miss some of the surprises in between each panel today. I've been partnering with Retro TV and today Retro TV is partnering with SoapCon Live to bring you this virtual reunion featuring cast members from The Doctors. The Doctors debuted in 1963 as an anthology with each episode revolving around a medical emergency plot. As the series transitioned into a series daytime drama, the staff from the fictional Hope Memorial Hospital kept fans on the edge of the seats, edge of their seats until its last episode on December 31st, 1982. The show featured an illustrious list of famous actors, including such notables as Alec Baldwin, Kathleen, Kathleen Turner, Brooke Shields, Armand Desanti, Kathy Bates, Ted Danson, Ellen Burstyn, Julia Duffy, and the great cast of actors I am lucky to have here with me today. Don't forget, we'll be taking questions in a little while, so please get them ready and, and write them in the comments section. Now, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to SoapCon Live, Nancy Stafford, Anna Stewart, Frank Telfer, and Marie Thomas Foster. Hey, Alan. Hi, everybody. Thanks Hi. for being here today. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah. It, How fun. It, my, my pleasure. I know everybody's really excited. To, to see you all. Um, 
let's go back. Do you all remember Jeez. your audition, uh, or did you have to screen test for the doctors? Thing. Yes, I remember. Oh. Go ahead, Marie. Alan? Well, I was I was in a Broadway show at the time. Uh, Don't bother me, can't cope, and had a possibility to leave that to go to something else. Then I got a call to come in and audition for the doctors, and so all I remember is walking in a little space and saying a few lines and feeling a little good about that and excited. Didn't matter one way or the other because I had a job, you see. So, <laughs> but it was nice to think to be on daytime television. I grew up with daytime television. My mother watching all of those shows and Guiding Light and all of that. It was it was very simplistic. Mm -hmm. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, Nancy, you remember? I do remember. Um, it was actually my first audition for anything in television except commercials. That's and I had gone to New York to study. I started in Miami doing commercials and modeling, studying in New York, only studying. Got drafted to into the Ford model agency. And Eileen Ford, if anybody ever knew her, she was, you know, this grouchy. Icon. She was an icon. Yeah, really, She's an icon, but she was not warm and fuzzy. And, uh, but she said, so what are you, you're old. You're really old. I was 24 years old when I joined her agency. She says, but I'll take you because you're going to make me money. She said, what do you really want to do? I said, well, I'm, I'm here to be an actress. And she said, well, you'll never make it. <laughs> but I'll send you out. You're the only one I have on my roster. I'll send out for auditions. Well, that was the first audition she sent me on. Uh -huh. And I don't remember it at all, except that my <laughs> knees were clacking and I was terrified. And I don't know why, miracle of miracles, I got it and um, was ever so grateful. And she never let me forget it, that she was the one that got me the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. You know, you can be grateful. <laughs> I'm totally grateful. We, we were good friends until the end for her, until she passed away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anna, do you remember? Oh, yeah. You want the long version or the short version? <laughs> give you the long version. I, I've been out of work for a while because I, I, I came to New York when I was 19. And I didn't get the doctors until I was 23. And I've been out of work for a while. And I, a friend of mine uh, was the head veterinary, veterinarian for the New York State Racing Commission. And he asked me if I wanted to come and exercise horses at the racetrack. And I said, sure. And so then, then I get a call from my agent and she has this audition for me for a soap opera. And I went, ew. So I went and... Um, and they they uh, and they called me back, and I had happened to be shooting a commercial that day for Johnson and Johnson bath oil beads, and it was in this big big empty movie studio in the middle of February, and I was in this bathtub in the middle of the room, and they kept pouring hot water in there, and I kept pouring Johnson and Johnson bath oil beads into the water so that it was slimy green by the end of the day. And my skin was all red because they kept putting this hot water in. So then I run out all straggly looking to the callback, which fortunately had been late that day. And, um, and a few days later, they called me. They wanted to do a screen test. By that time, I had 103 
degree fever because mm. being out in the rain and sopping wet and all that, I, I got sick. So by the time I got to the screen test, I didn't care. I I because I was like I felt so crummy, and they were testing Adrian Barbeau, who later went on to do Maud, and an uh, actress named Jennifer Darling. I don't know what what Jennifer went on to do. So it was we three. So I did the audition, and on the way down, uh, the doctors shot on the seventh floor, and I, I was told this a number of years later that. The, it was the producer, the director, and whoever was head of NBC Daytime at the time. And the director never really has any say-so when they're casting. But halfway down, they said to Norm, they were talking about their choice. It was Adrian Barbeau. And uh, halfway down, they said, so what do you think, Norm? And Norm said, I think you're crazy. I think Anna Stewart will be an ingenue for longer, and I think she would be better. So by and the for time those watching, Adrian Barbeau was Maud's daughter. Yeah, I, I said that too fast. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> so by the time they got to the lobby, I had the role. And um, so just to make it longer, the first audition, <laughs> I auditioned the first day of rehearsal which was in the lobby of the Edison Hotel where Luca Brazzi got strangled in the, in the, uh, <laughs> in the door, in The Godfather. Um, <laughs> Jim Pritchard, who was the lead at the time, you know, the yeah. main doctor, had said to me, where was I from? And I told him where I was from. And, and he said, I knew some, some people from, from Bluefield. And he said, Fuschenberger. And I said, oh, those, those are my grandparents. And he said, no, they, they'd be too old. It turns out that he was good friends with my two uncles and dated my Aunt Betty when he was in college. That's well, right. <laughs> really? Which was small just, world. Was oh, very small. Small. Yeah. So that, small world. That was, my, that was my beginnings on the doctors. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, crazy, crazy. Nancy, when you auditioned, did you know it would be twins? No, nor <laughs> did I know as we started shooting. That storyline evolved after we got into it. and um, Or maybe they knew, but they didn't bother to tell me. But um, we are actually a mother-daughter. We weren't even twins. Oh, right. You were, right. you were playing dual roles. I forgot that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Dual yeah. Roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that evolved, and um, it was nutty. It was crazy, wonderful, fun, incredible. I was so stretched, <laughs> but really wacky, crazy, fun. Yeah. I mean, I got I, to yeah, do all the fun imagine, stuff the whole last year. I can't imagine what it was like at that period of time in technology to play a dual role. You know, today oh it's God. a lot easier, but back, yes. back then. Frank, do you remember your audition for the show? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I went to several auditions. I've been in New York for about a year. I was doing a modeling job in Wilhelminas. And um, mm. I had a lot of commercials behind me and all that. And I was doing these soap opera auditions. I wasn't doing very well. In fact, <laughs> uh, I had one part where I was supposed to go in and play this uh, slick gambler from New Orleans. So I drove, I wore all white, a white hat. Man, I went ready, you know, <laughs> method. I got involved. 
And I'm supposed to be this spoiled brat from a mob from the mob down in New Orleans. So all my lines were F you, F you, F you. That's those are the lines. But I'm supposed to be enraged. And, and I'm supposed to show how horrible I am, what a brat I am. So I'm really building it up. I walked in and I didn't even introduce myself. I just hit him with F you, F you, F you. <laughs> They said, thank you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and my agent called me up and said, what the hell did you do? They said, never have you ever come in that door again. And they said, I said, why? They said, well, they said, you're crazy. And I said, well, that's what I was playing. But anyway, I realized, no, introduce yourself first, Brian, before you walk in. I didn't have a good opinion about the whole thing. And I had this audition for the doctors. I didn't even study. I, you know, I was down on it. These people don't know what they're doing. You know, they don't know real acting and all this. So um, I went in and I read and the casting woman, I cannot think of her name, said to me, you know, that was the worst reading I've ever heard. And I said, wow. really? And she said, yeah. And she said, you know, the sad Oh no, Frank! Oh no, we're on pins and needles. In the Wait. middle of the story, M Marie, oh. were you Marie? Were yes. you a professional singer when you were cast? I am not a professional singer. I am an actress that sings, and I always have to clarify that because people want me to sing and perform. But no, I I I'm an actress who sings. Did they Did they ask if you sang when you well, joined? I was, I was in Don't Bother Me, Can't Cope, and I it was a musical. And I was this, the understudy for Mickey Grant, who was the lead in the show. Mm -hmm. They assumed that I could sing, and I could sing. So I didn't even—I don't even remember that part. I just remember having to go back. once I got it, go into the studio, and and sing this enormously high-pitched song. <laughs> and I've been thinking about that, and I said, "How in the did I ever accomplish that?" It's because I had an incredible voice teacher who taught me to use a trumpet mouthpiece to strengthen my diaphragm and placement. And I was able to hit those notes and keep going in. I had the strength in my diaphragm and I, I had breathing exercises and, you know, strength to be able to do it. I look at it now in utter amazement. What I how the heck did I do that? So funny. So I'm fascinated by Nancy and Frank who came from the modeling end of things into their first role. What do you think the doctors taught both of you that you took everywhere else after? Nancy? Oh my gosh. Go ahead, Nancy. Uh, you're thrown into the deep end. I mean, I learned how to, how to work fast. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to just be totally ready for anything they may need. I learned um, how to be a team player. I learned how to do a ton of dialogue, especially with two roles. I mean, I had 40 pages of we are only a half hour show, yeah. but yeah, uh, I had 40 pages of dialogue toward the end. I mean, it was the whole, I was tons of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just learned uh, just a tremendous amount of, of just a working ethic and a skill of just being able to be ready on the, on the moment and how to work with people quickly, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. how to find that relationship and kind of there's, as you guys know, there's not a lot of, there's no rehearsal. It's basically, you know, sometimes it's dry run, you know, block, camera block, you're, then you're on. Mm. Um, mm. So I'll Great. be forever grateful, really. It was an amazing um, 
way to learn for me. Um, I, I, I mean, one character was would have probably been amazing to learn from, and then, <laughs> and then two. So yeah, yeah, you, you know, it was crazy. Well, and w w your earlier point about how um, with now modern technology playing two roles, especially one who ages throughout the show to eighty years old. I mean, it was a huge transformation for the mother. Mm -hmm. um, but we did it old school. So um, we learned the hard way as I began to age more accelerated. Um, I, the storyline was crazy. I was on this you know, magic serum to make myself look young so I could compete with my own daughter who I was jealous of because I wanted her fiance for myself. <laughs> so the handsome Dr. Jeff. So, um, but the bad part about a magic serum, just so you know, is that it wears off and you don't just it, you don't just decelerate to 40 you go all the way to 80 years old which is what I did so they got the wonderful Rick Baker who if any of you oh, all yeah. remember little big man yes he created Dustin Hoffman's incredible mask and face that latex uh, model of him for little big man and he was the guy in the industry for special effects. Special effects makeup, and yeah. Yeah, that's what he did. And he mm. was brought in to create my my look. And so we did it. Um, I had three hours of makeup by the end because he created every day a brand new latex mask that would be gradually wrinkled. And by the end, it was just crazy wrinkled. Mm. And then they'd make me up and put the gray wig on, do my hands, mm. do my chest, the whole thing. But then we learned going, we would do often the old makeup first and then do the young me and peeling that latex off. Then we had to wait an hour for my skin to get less red. Oh, so oh. we started shooting all the young me part scenes first. Mm -hmm. Then they'd get, we'd have a stand in, they'd shoot over my, over her shoulder with my old me costume and wig. And then they'd send me off to makeup for three hours. And then we'd shoot all my old me stuff. So it was, it was crazy. But I'll tell you what was interesting watching, just sitting quietly in the room, we were in a different makeup room, um, just being quiet. And as that mask would go on, and day by day, as it got more and more and more wrinkled, I sat there and I wasn't even trained enough at that point as an actor to understand all of this but I just sat in that chair and my whole body began to just sort of cave in my I, I walked differently I slumped I I just got teary-eyed just imagining this is me in 60 years you know it was and he is so masterful at finding your vulnerabilities because I asked him, how do you know how I'll age? I'm a dewy 24-year-old, you know. How do you know I'll age? He goes, I'm, I'm looking at your face. I know exactly where you'll age. And he gave me jowls and he, you know, big, you know, bags and sockets under my eyes. I mean, it was, it was amazing. That's amazing. I had a nervous breakdown by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But hey. I know how you, can I say something about you? I know how you must feel. I just I played a woman 103 years old in the play Having Our Say. 
at the Goodman Theater wow. two years ago. And as we continue to, we were made up, but we weren't made up that much, but they taught us how to do things and then they gave us the wig. But eventually you become this person and you don't realize it because of all the kuchimun, all the stuff that you are dealing with. And I had a friend of mine said, I'll be glad when this play is over. I said, why? So you can stand up straight. I said, I am not, I am standing up straight the way I think I should stand up. I'm gonna yeah. move. I'll be right back. Could you all go ahead? There's something I want to show you. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. Hey, Anna. Um, I was gonna ask. Fans were curious about the rape scene between Mike and Tony. Any um, thoughts on how it got past the censors back then? I do not. I do not. What uh, do you remember about that? Yeah, uh, Alan. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Who raped me? Was it? It wouldn't have been Mike. Did it was. Say, I love that. Yeah. We, At least you know it was Mike. At least you know it was Mike. Why did he rape me? Oh, that that I don't know. Maybe a fan will tell us. Was maybe, that on the maybe, she's Anna? You have blocked this. This is crazy. You've totally blocked this. <laughs> Remember the audition? No, there's so much I remember. I had a lot. Well, but of that's time. probably. I mean, you were but also very was... young. You were also very young. Yeah. You know, that's probably a hard yeah, scene to very do. Emotional. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally understandable. Frank, um, what what do you think you learned from working on the doctors? What did I learn? What is going on with Frank? On the doctors? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. uh, my mic keeps going on and off. Sorry. Uh, what I learned about the doctors, I would say all that time in front of the camera, you get to feel very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I've never had a problem in front of the camera in my life after the doctors. Mm -hmm. I could, I feel at home. Yeah. I was doing a, a thing uh, not too long ago on camera, and I was with a lady that is uh, very famous, and uh, but she's not in front of the camera. And I said, this is where I feel at home. And she laughed. She goes, I bet you do. So mm -hmm. you consider the amount of hours, I bet Nancy, Nancy could probably, of all you guys, could, the amount of hours that you put in is yeah. immense. And it's fantastic. And, and one of the luckiest things about me is the only way I got through school, because I was the dumbest kid in school, I memorized everything. <laughs> I learned how to do my test by just memorizing everything. And the teacher used to tell me all the time, you're never going to learn, Frank. Never going to learn that way. Well, wouldn't you know, the greatest thing that I can do is memorize, help me out the best in my career. And I've right. never had a problem. Memorization has always been easy because that's how I got through school. I didn't learn a damn that's thing. Great. But you know. Do you all remember this? Look at this. What is that, guys? That's the Emmy Award that the doctors got in 1971. Oh, wow. I'm cleaning up my house, getting rid you, of stuff, and I found this my husband took that, and I was on oh, 73, 75, so guys. this was before I came on, actually. Can you see it? Who, who, yeah, who, yeah we can see it, yeah. yeah. Who, who won? The doctors won Pretty this. Good. The doctors won for best okay. show? Best show, yes, when wow. they started giving out the Emmys. Jim Pritchett won also, didn't he? Yeah, did, Jim eventually did win, yes, but I wasn't on the show, but I found yeah. this, and I said, I'm gonna share this with you guys. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Did the show made me take the picture. He said, stand by the Emmy, stand by the Emmy. I said, oh, no, I didn't win. He said, yes, you did. There, there is. is that a, wow, a doctor's T-shirt? Oh, I wait. love it. 
That's, Frank, where'd you listening? get that? Zoom in. Oh my God, I love Zoom that. That's on. great. I kept, this, I kept this from the day I got it. I gave it to my kid. Oh, wow. And then he didn't wear it. But there you are, Glenn Corbett and Jada and Steve and mm. David O'Brien. David O'Brien. Oh, my God. The whole bunch. Wow. Wow. That's nice. So, oh, how that's a that is a collectible right there. That is a collectible. I know. Amazing. You know what that is? This is is a collectible. And someone told me uh, this one is for sale on the internet. And I mean, it's a piece of change. I was surprised. So <laughs> I'm sure somebody who asked for scripts, and I'll I think it to, I'll give it to my son. And <laughs> That's so. Oh, look at that. Freeman tells us. That the doctors won in 1972 and 74. Yeah. Nice. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. nice. Anna, what yeah. do you remember about well, I uh, working with Armand Asante? So, I did. Armand. I worked with Armand. And Anna did, yeah. Armand was, well, first of all, I adored him. And we were great, great buddies. And he was a hot, sexy yeah. guy. I've never, like, uh, the hot, sexy guys in my life I've always been really good friends with. <laughs> I like the character actors. So Armand and I, first of all... First well, of you're, you're great friends with your, uh, your Michael Hudson, Cal Brown. Yes, yes. Um, but I really, I loved Armand. He was very, very intense. And as Nancy said, we did not get much rehearsal. Um, but with each rehearsal, he would get more and more. <laughs> and wow. when we had, when we had love scenes to do, he, and he would hold me, he would grab my arm harder and harder and harder so that I, I finally said, you've got to stop doing this. You're, you're hurting me. And he said, I'm so sorry. Oh he was also. He shared with me a few years later that he had gotten addicted to coffee and he was drinking coffee all day long, mm. all day mm. into the mm. night so that it added to even more mm. of, uh, of his intensity. But uh, yeah, we stayed friends for years. I haven't been in touch with him in a long time, but he actually has a, a house, a farm up up in this area where I, where I live. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, well, I'm going to start taking questions from fans. And Nancy Allen Brown says, as a former member of Miss Florida Board of Directors, so proud of all Nancy's accomplished since her year as Miss Florida. Did you think Miss Florida helped or hindered your uh, pursuing acting? You know, I think it was the whole Miss America system. I I am ever grateful for it. I I don't believe it hindered necessarily at all. Um, I was thinking about that actually on my way in to do this interview today um, and realizing the things I learned the year I was Miss Florida, which was right out my first year out of college, were being sort of out in the public, being a person of, of known, you know, that people know. Those things taught me how to be not an actor as a, from the artistic point of view, but how to have an actor's generosity toward the fans and how to how to maintain that life and be grateful for notoriety and that it's not something like oh, I have to hide from it or I don't know how to do it I had learned the year I was Miss Florida how to 
live a life in some limelight. And I loved it, made great friends, still good friends with many today. And I love, I will forever love the Miss America system because it's scholarship based, even though I know they do all the other stuff. But it got me, um, it got me through part of my gra some graduate um, education, um, post, you know, after my bachelor's degree. And I just am a fan. I really am grateful. Yeah, that, uh, that's great. Anna, um, Kevin Hanna was asking, how did you feel when Ken left, uh, when uh, Kale left Another World in 1998? You must have been, you were so close. Yeah, that was really tough. Um, I was very sad. I knew because we were so close, I knew that we would stay very much in touch. But, you know, uh, when you get involved uh, with people, uh, actors especially, we, we get very, very involved uh, with people. And then sometimes we never see them again. But in, in the case of Kayla and I, um, it was very sad. And I, I uh, to, to ex expand on the answer, uh, we auditioned many, many people for the part of Michael. I say we. You know, I, I always had to... Another world. Another world. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Another world. And um, they auditioned lots of people. And nobody would work. And, and one day, when they were doing more auditions, some guy walked out of a dressing room at the very end of the hallway, and I went, that's him. That's him. That's him. <laughs> and they said, what the hell are you talking about, Anna? I said, that's Michael. So... I go downstairs where this this guy is is auditioning, and he gave a really <laughs> But I'm in the control room, and I said, "That is Michael. You've got to hire this guy." And they did. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it all worked out. That's so, right. Yeah. Frank Mitch S was asking if any fun stories of working with Larry Weber and beautiful Jane Badler. Yeah, Larry Weber, uh, what I loved about Larry, he actually became a very good friend of mine. He used to come and see me at Roosevelt Island all the time when I had this little baby boy. He was only like two years old. And uh, Larry used to take me up and down uh, Broadway and show me where all the, the stages, theaters used to be when he was a little boy. On each corner, there used to be a theater on each corner. And he said in those days, my mom and dad would work all the way from 1st Street all the way up to 90th Street. And then you have a whole new act and go start at First Street again. Also, his mom and father, uh, his mom and dad, was a famous vaudeville uh, act, uh, Weber and Fields. They used to play in front of the kings and queens of Europe and all that stuff. So Larry was a good, good friend. Jane was a fabulous girl. Uh, I always had a good time with her. I always thought that she was a sweetheart. I really tried hard, you know. Um, used to get picked on. I'm not going to say by who, but used to get picked on all the time. And uh, <laughs> I used to get a little frustrated about that. But Jane was just a. And Marie, what was it like to work with Palmer Dean? Oh, I adore Palmer. We became good friends. And he was very intense a lot of times because he was trying to make sure he remembered his lines. And <laughs> Anna remembers That is an important thing. Yeah, he was over in the corner working. So I would go over there and I would say, oh, are you going to do it like that? 
And that would just make him even more nervous. So I <laughs> that. I didn't do that anymore. But we, we became very good friends um, after the show, you know, off uh, set. And he and I did a show together down on um, West 20th, on the direction of the next uh based on uh, all the King's men. And he was very nervous at first doing it, but he was really quite good. He was very shy, very private, but he would come out because he was a beautiful artist. I don't think he knew this. He, he did beautiful paintings and calligraphy and things like that. He was very, very special. And then he finally realized he could tease me. He'd come up and say, um, is that how you sang that song like that? Why'd you do it like that? <laughs> I ignored him and just walked away. He sat, so, yeah. Yeah. He sat, yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a nice, nice relationship. It was heartbreaking when he's, when he uh, passed away. But anyway, those were the days we lived in. And uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. He would come see things that I did. He came, he was a very good friend. Um, I did a show. Anna, you and I did this uh, um, as we, as you like it. Do you remember Geraldine? Um, Geraldine directed it. Yeah, and at one point I was I was had this. You did you the two of you did this together? Yeah, we did off Broadway oh, in awesome. the big theater yeah. or something. And Geraldine, um, what Geraldine's last name? She Jordan. Court Geraldine Court directed like, it, um, and she uh, called it as uh, like it instead of as. So Geraldine Court, yes, yes, yes. Geraldine Court. So I'm playing Phoebe, the crazy woman in the forest, and I'm trying to do this. I can feel that I was losing it. I could just feel it wasn't coming. Finally, I got to the point where I just turned to the audience and said, oh, who cares? At that point, <laughs> I couldn't fix it. There was no way around finding at living this experience. So I just don't care. So Palmer said to me, he said, at one point, it was so good. I thought I would just go to the book to see what was actually written in there. I said, no, it was my way of getting off as quickly as I could. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, Anna, uh, uh, Freeman was asking, did you know you had great chemistry, chemistry with Peter Burnell, Gerald Gordon, and the wonderful Sally Gracie? would like to know if I had such great chemistry. Did you realize you had great chemistry with these people? With Peter Brunel, Gerald Gordon, and Did Sally? Did I realize it? Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I, yes. I uh, I loved all right. of them. Um, you know, Jerry, of course. He was he was Gerald. Hey, how yeah. you doing? Yeah. I didn't even wait for your answer. He just go mm. off to the other side. <laughs> I really liked him, and Peter was just a sweetheart. Oh, Peter and was still yeah. Sally was, she was like Martha, uh, her character, in that she took me mm -hmm. under her wing, mm -hmm. and um, she had a, Charles, she had, her husband's name was Charles, and they were both very eccentric, and they had this son in real life who just thought they were weird and, and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Carey. <laughs> She, I don't yeah. know if everybody knows this, her first husband, who she would refer to as Rodney. Yeah. Her was Rod Steiger. Rod Steiger, yeah. Which is hard to remember. The rings. Do you remember the rings she used to show us? And these came from Rodney, she would say. There were about three or four diamonds on her fingers or something like it's that. It's hard to imagine Sally with her personality and Rod Steiger, who I never knew, but he, he, he was a piece of work, apparently. Yeah. So yes, I absolutely remember the my chemistry with it. Hmm. It's great. I mean, it's it, it must change a role for all of you, and when it works, 
Yeah. And it changes you know, when you're, when you're all of you when it doesn't work. Yeah. What did you say? I said, and it changes the role for all of you when it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm you're working with somebody and it, and you have to make it look like you really love them or like them or so on and so forth. I thought so, Peter, I'm sorry, but I thought Peter was really very special. Uh, I had some mean scenes with him. We, we were not good, good buddies. And I loved the scenes because he was so right there and I'd come back and he, no, it was just beautiful. And then when that work when you're friends with somebody and then you can be mean, I'm sure it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you know, add something. Nancy, can you talk about your experience on Matlock? What? Yeah, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> well, what was I, I it like when, when you got the call and they said you got the part? Um, well, my my husband to be, who we were we are simply dating at that point, but um, we had pulled into a little little bistro in the valley, and he had picked me up actually on at the airport at LAX. I had gone to New York for my screen test. And so he had picked me up and we were supposed to find out that day if a house that I had put an offer in, in Marina Del Rey, that was the day I was going to find out if it was accepted. And I was supposed to find out also within the hour if I got the Matlock role. So we went to this little bistro and sat there and we ordered a bottle of champagne and put it on ice and said, we're not opening it yet. <laughs> so as soon and, and the order of the of the the joy came interestingly the house we got got word that i got the house first and then it was like great oh god oh god oh god oh god i hope i get the job and um a few minutes later we got the job i got the notice that i had had gotten the role mm -hmm. and um so we popped that champagne and it was just five of really the most fun incredible years of of my life i mean i loved every second of it it was a party every time working with an American icon um, is pretty astounding. Every day was a masterclass, just like I felt doing the doctors as a, as a very young green actor, I was in a masterclass with all of these guys. And so working with Andy was amazing. I adored him. We became um, good friends. And um, again, I'm just, I feel so, I pinch myself with how lucky I am and how blessed. I'm watching the reruns. What part did you do? What was the name? Of I played his law partner, Michelle. Ah, oh, I see you every day. <laughs> yeah. I watch and I watch uh, Gil on Buck Rogers. Believe it or not, I watch all. Oh my gosh! Yes. I yeah. I don't watch regular television. I watch old television, real retro. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Retro yeah. TV. That's why we love retro TV. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's so funny. I didn't realize Gil Gerard had had done soaps before. I know you know now doing my show and doing this, the doctors. Um, you know, fascinating yeah. that he, you know, because just not a name that everybody mentions, you know, for no. people who have done so. What and was what's like? funny is that I, well, I didn't work with Gil on the on the doctors, but I did a series with him for Disney on ABC for a year. Yeah. Um, my first show when I moved to LA. No, my second show. I did St. Elsewhere first, and then I did this. What was the name of the show? It was called. Um, oh my gosh, Sidekicks. With Ernie Reyes Jr., it was the sweetest little show, family show that should have gone forever. 
And we were put in a really bad time slot on a Friday night at nine o'clock, which is wrong for a family show. And we got canceled in a year. But Gil was a delight to work with on that. I love him on Buck Rogers. I think he looks as good as he did on The Doctors when he was <laughs> And I, would, yeah. I, I just did MacIver with the new MacIver, the little boy. I oh. called him little boy MacIver. And it was wonderful. It was a CBS thing. It was just wonderful. I was shipped to Atlanta, which is my home. And I think mm. about that because that's where Matt Locke's show is, is, is uh, based in Atlanta, Georgia. But I yeah. Look at these young people, and I think about the real Mac Iver way back when. The little Richard Mac Dean Iver. Anderson, Richard Paul. Dean Anderson, who I yeah. think, well, this think is he did that on soaps too. This on is yeah, I don't think he did. This is supposed to be his son, the the new Mac Iver. Oh. and there are four young people, millennials, who are just fabulous. There's uh, Asian, uh, Middle Eastern, African American, and of course, Mac Iver is a young white boy. But the nicest young people, and I was on with Dan Laria, Dan Laria, who played the father in The Wonder Years. And he was grumbling, grumbling. I said, no, look at these. They're fabulous. Look at them. They, they jump over people and leap over stuff. It must have been about 25 stuntmen. And I, I looked at it. I said, well, I hope I don't have to do any of that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wonderful to get to those big time you know, nighttime shows. Kim, and Kim Zim- that's Zimmer. why I recognized you because you look so familiar. I watch you every other day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Marie, Thank you. Marie, Kim Zimmer, who played uh, Frank's sister on The Doctors, yeah. is good friends with the original MacGyver, I think, because she did an episode of MacGyver. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk about a c- collection of small, but Dan, yeah. I just remember vaguely from the Wonder Years. He was the father for eight eight years. That show ran, I think. But mm. I watched Matlock in the Heat of the Night, and then I love now. This sounds corny, but I love the Waltons. You know why? Uh-huh. Because they're so wholesome and so good. And yes. happened. Are, are you kidding, Marie? I started, which I had never watched during the pandemic. And yeah. my husband loved Little House on the Prairie. Yes, and I that watched it. Yes. That really, yeah. I, I was amazed. I mean, I laughed because I know how many people love that show and I had never watched it. Uh, it, it is the same thing. It's that yeah. wholesome. Hey, Frank, tell us about the kiss between Luke and Ivy Gooding. Yeah. And what was so revolutionary about it at the time? Say this again. The kiss in the doctors that you had with Ivy Gooding. Can you talk about that? I haven't a clue what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jennifer told me, who, who is Ivy's father? No, no clue. So t- we'll skip that question. Tell me about your sisters. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. Tell me about your sisters, <laughs> Kathleen Turner, Kim Zimmer, and Catherine Harold. Yeah, what I like to talk like? about Kathleen forever. <laughs> Catherine <laughs> Kitty, yeah. Kitty talk about the differences. And, uh, talk I about the differences between the three. Well, Kitty, well, between... Three. Well, Kitty was uh, very wholesome, uh, great breasts. I got to tell you, that's the first thing I noticed, and I'm sorry that I'm a guy, and that's what I saw. Which I, I on which one? My lines. I mean, geez, which look one? At this. Which sis? Which, which actress? Kitty Harold. Kitty Harold. Okay. Kitty. 
And then Kathleen Turner. Then, uh, Kathleen Turner came on, and Kitty left, and I was surprised she was leaving. And I just had a baby, and Kitty was so excited about me having a baby. I mean, she was every day asking me, did it come, did it come? Yeah. <laughs> so I finally got a baby boy, and I just ran in, and I told everybody and all that. So anyway, Kathleen Turner came in. And Kathleen was just a whole different style. Very, uh, she played rich. She is rich. <laughs> and uh, she played that role of someone that's kind of half moves in their mind as she's being a star and demands everything and screws up terribly with Glenn Corbett, you know, her husband. And geez, but the thing she did. And then uh, Kim Zimmer, I got a laugh about Kim Zimmer. I was thinking about it today. Kim Zimmer introduced herself to Glenn Corbett rolling in on roller skates. She rolled in on roller skates <laughs> from Park Avenue on hot pants. Great set of legs, Zimmer. I got to tell you, she was a dancer. Great set of legs. Why doesn't that surprise me? Yeah. Introduces herself to Corbett. And, and Glenn Corbett did not, he just, whoa, uh, well, it's nice to meet you too, you know, but it was her way of making an entrance. Glenn, uh, Kim really knows how to make an entrance. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Frank, I was talking about the interracial kiss. Oh, the interracial kiss. Yeah. Uh, Cap Cap's daughter. Um, yeah. Asked me the last show. And she was so sweet. She's such a sweet gal. I really enjoyed her. And uh, this is before I, I picked up some film on Cap Calloway. He has got the greatest tape on him doing a dance routine. It's the best routine I've ever seen in my life. And there isn't one take. Yeah, I mean, there isn't one stop. It's straight through. And it's amazing. Wow. If wow. you guys want to watch Cap Calloway, it's fantastic. But anyway, so the, kid, the kiss was the with his show. daughter. Frank, his, you his 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 daughter. Said, Could you give me a kiss? This was Cap Calloway's daughter. Wow. Chris, Chris Calloway. And uh, yeah. you hearing me? Yeah. Chris Calloway. And she uh, asked me to kiss her. So I said, sure, absolutely. So the last scene, the last show, she, uh, we said goodbye and I gave her a kiss. And she said, thank you. And she said, by the way, if you ever break up with that girlfriend of yours, give me a call. <laughs> and I said, I will. And uh, anyway, I never realized that that was the first black and kiss on soap operas. And that's what she had in mind. Wow. Smart girl. Wow. Smart Subdiffuse. Anyway, so, so we just snuck it in there, really. That's a wonderful Hey, Anna, have you and your husband, James Cromwell, ever worked on stage together? No. No. Would you? We, talked about it 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 to me it's horrifying to think about it uh why why because we're both such perfectionists and we we will get into it with different things and then and then we laugh at, at each other because we say you, you know we're the same person <laughs> We get we get into that, but no, we've we've talked about it. Um, but he keeps getting jobs, and and uh, he this year, of course, was really was really weird um, because he had you know jobs that were stacking up, and he couldn't he couldn't do them. 
but uh, no, to answer your question, we have not. And just as a side, Frank, Kitty Harold's breasts, um, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I walk with her and there's a, an exercise that I don't know if women do it anymore or if they just get surgery, but you push your hands together. I must, I must, I must develop my bust. I must, <laughs> she didn't it, but she walked around the studio. She was in always, she's always, oh, was always God. doing that she knew that she had a responsibility to take care of her very uh, uh, lovely breasts. And, um, <laughs> and she was as, I, I remember that she was as mellow and as, as laid back. And I thought, why can't I be that way? Mm. And I would practice sometimes and, and I just, I couldn't do it. Her mother and my mother used to play bridge together, but I never knew her growing up. But that is uh, so anyway, funny. So. I, that's a great I like story. Too, Frank, but for different reasons. <laughs> I heard the story. Great story. <laughs> oh, you did? I'm glad. I'm so glad you heard the story. Anna yeah, or Marie, great. can you speak about an actress who was briefly on the show named Ginger Gerlach? Do you remember her? Mm. I do. Mm, maybe. She played in the role of Julie. Christopher was asking. I, I don't do know if you remember. remember. I do, and I can't say that I remember enough to answer whatever question you want to know. Okay, um, that, that's, that's fine. I remember, I remember people that oh, I didn't I feel so really much better know, now. but I can't think of any that I didn't <laughs> like because we had such a small cast and, uh, you know, and I was I was one of the, the, the young ones on the, on the uh, set, as Marie was, I guess. Yeah, um, Kind of look up and Nancy. Yeah. And Nancy. Nancy, did you enjoy working? Did you enjoy working with James Douglas and Michael Stark? Absolutely loved it. Um, both of them. And Steve Burley too. The the little romantic triangle between Steve Burley and Michael Stark, who I adored. Um, and James Douglas was oh my gosh. I love that man. He played Michael's father, Michael Stark's father. He was sort of a father figure to me too and um yeah and gosh the most handsome man on the planet oh i had such a crush he was the age of my father but i had just this massive little fluttery crush <laughs> never would say anything of course because he is was extremely happy and and i was in a relationship but still handsome lovely man yeah that's that's great and um chuck was asking anna or marie any um, stories of working with Sally Gracie? Oh, I loved her. <laughs> I absolutely loved her. She ended up being my daughter's godmother. And a lot of times when I think about it, when I was pregnant, it was kind of, a, I was a lot older than when I had my son. And she said, well, you know, you have to have this way because you don't know. It could be the next Josephine Baker. And I said, you don't have to convince me. I'm looking forward to it. But she and I would chat to the end. And the beautiful thing I learned from her when she got sick and she had to have uh, chemo because she had uh, cancer. And she had it for five times, but then it came back again. And I was in uh, Florida and I called to see how she was doing. And she was not doing well. And she said, come and see me. She said, I'm not afraid. I thought, 
magnificent. I, that brings some chills right now, just listening to, she says, I'm not afraid. She died just before 9-11. In other words, that happened a couple of months after that. And I went to the service we had for her and um, Tim got up to talk to her. But one little lady came over to me and she said, you know, I never knew how old she was. Now I know because it's in the obituary. I said, what difference does her age make? Probably because she didn't know and she wouldn't ask her and certainly Sally wouldn't tell her. But I miss her to this day. Um, I, I watched the reruns and I adore how we had a nice interplay together. And I watched how she learned to line. She learned them in sections and she kind of knew what she was going to say in certain sections. And if that didn't work, she said, dang, let's see. <laughs> but nice. she, she was and, and Anna, do you, any memories stand out? Um, yeah, I, I, there are some stories that stand out. Um, well, there was one little thing. She, she and I, both of us were pretty good improvising because in those days you didn't stop and nope. say, I'm up, you had to keep going, even though it wasn't live. It was right before they, st they started doing, um, it was almost as if it were live. Um, yep. So they shot it like live. So I remember tripping over a ripped piece of uh, a fabric on the sofa and her catching me and us laughing, which of course it wasn't in the script. And um, although this is not a story between the two of us, I she when she was married to Rodney um, she would hang out uh, sometimes in the commissary at whatever studio he was under contract he was really close friends with Gregory Peck um, and she uh, I, some of you younger uh, members are watching watching uh, this uh, this telecast will not remember Bob Cummings or Robert Cummings we all remember Robert Cummings here. Yes. Absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he was Bob Cummings, but he, to me, he wasn't like a big hunk or anything. But she's sitting there with Gregory Peck, who was her buddy. I mean, he was just Greg. Oh, and <laughs> and Bob Cummings walked into the, to the commissary and she just, Greg, look, there's Bob Cummings. <laughs> 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 Biggest star in Hollywood. <laughs> so it was, uh, and she laughed at herself when she told me that story. I can't yeah, say enough. Right. I love that. You always remember her voice. I heard her with Marlon Brando on something one night on late night television. Uh, it was a Tennessee Williams play, and I turned around and I said, That's Sally. You know, the voice was very well, thank you all so much for being here. It really is so nice to see you. I know the fans have been thrilled today. You are our first SoapCon Live panel. So thank you all. And I will be in touch so we can talk about the meet and greets and all that other stuff and get those scheduled. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Thank You're you. So welcome. Thank you all. Thanks, have a great everybody. day. Bye. Bye. I'll see you tomorrow. Matlock on Monday. Watch the Doctors is moving, and you're going to love the new location. Download It's Real Good TV to join your friends from Hope Memorial. Available online and all your devices. Already a Doctors subscriber? Then there's an email headed your way with a coupon code for free access, plus special bonuses for starting your new account on It's Real Good TV. Haven't gotten your email? Don't worry. You will soon. For details, visit itsrealgoodtv.com.
Thank you for listening to Believe in Soap Operas. If you're not subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that button so you get new episodes each week in the feed of your favorite podcasting app. Like us, rate us. Have something to say? Leave us a review. Stay safe and sane, soap fans. And stay tuned. Believe in Soap Operas. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.